Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prangmedic.com. Now let's jump into this week's show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It has been a crazy week. It has been a crazy week. For those of you who caught my Periscope last week, last Saturday, and for those of you on Facebook who listened to my podcast on Monday, it was Supernatural Mentoring, and we talked about healing, we talked about hearing God's voice, we talked about seeing in the Spirit, and we talked a little bit about traveling in the Spirit. Today, I'm going to focus on dreams and visions, and... That is because on Periscope, I'm doing a weekly show where I discuss a different chapter from one of my books. Just happens that this week is chapter number four in Divine Healing Made Simple. Hey, Joyce Prophet Smith is on here on Facebook. Joyce, I just want to let you know you're one of my favorite dream interpretation people. And when I get around to writing my book on interpreting dreams, I'm going to need your help. So I see you there, and I know that you are really good with dreams. Whenever I have somebody on Facebook who sends me a dream that they want to you know, interpret it, in very much in the way that I do healing, in that I do healing mostly for research so that I can learn about it and write about it. A lot of what I'm interested in doing in dream interpretation is for research. It's research for books, research for articles, research for training. I don't do a lot of personal dream interpretation. So when someone sends me a dream, I usually refer them to somebody else who does, who likes to do dream interpretation. They have the, the time to do that. It's not that I'm not able to do, interpret dreams. I just don't have the time because I'm busy doing other things. So Joyce... You are one of my go-to people when it comes to dream interpretation. I do post dreams for public interpretation on Facebook quite often. And we get a lot of interesting takes. Funny thing about dream interpretation is how you interpret a dream is largely dependent on your philosophical worldview, your view of God, your view of yourself, your view of the world. A lot of it involves your view of the end times. If you think that the earth is going to crash and burn in the next... 10 years, you will often apply that filter to dream interpretation. And it may or may not be accurate. I'm going to talk a little bit about dreams and dream interpretation. There are a lot of different views of what dreams are all about. People who are not very religious, not very spiritual, tend to take the view of dreams that have been adopted by modern psychology. And that is generally that dreams don't have any actual meaning or divine purpose, that they're just the kind of incoherent ramblings of our psyche, of our mind, trying to work out the problems of our day. So many people believe that dreams don't have any real personal significance. There's no significant revelation in them. There's no reason to pay attention to them. I take a slightly different view. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Now, what Paul was saying is that 
The physical earth, the natural world, is temporary. But the spiritual world, the invisible world, is permanent. It's eternal. And we should focus more on the eternal and the spiritual than we should on the natural. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the invisible spiritual realm of God. It is the invisible world, the realms of angels and the four living creatures and all these different things. That is the kingdom of God. It is God's government. And it is how God's government in the spiritual world is being worked out here in the natural. So there is a lot of biblical exhortation to investigate and focus on the invisible realm of the spirit. And that is what we see in dreams and visions. In the book of Job, chapter 33, I'm going to read to you just a couple of verses. These are verses 14 through 18. For God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, when slumbering in their beds, he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. In order to turn man from his deed, to conceal pride from him, he keeps his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. This is saying that God reveals to us secrets. He reveals to us plans, strategies. He gives us warnings about things that are going to trap us. The Bible says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the glory of kings to search a matter out. God conceals the secrets of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. He conceals our fate, our destiny, our calling. And then he reveals it to us in a way that is designed to make us pursue it. Many people have dreams from God, and they have no idea that God is actually speaking to them through their dreams. Because the language God uses to speak to us in dreams is mostly symbolic. And our natural mind has difficulty understanding the coded language of dreams. Dreams and visions And when I talk about dreams and visions, a lot of the principles that apply to dreams also apply to visions. Dreams and visions are very similar. They are revelation, supernatural revelation that we receive pertaining to the invisible realm of the spirit. We perceive it in our mind as images generally, although sometimes dreams are audible and sometimes dreams are actual visitations where we're being visited by spiritual beings. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. Generally speaking, though, most people refer to dreams and visions as something you see that's visual. And if you remember what I talked about last week, the invisible realm of the spirit is perceived by our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, and our spiritual senses. And it's conveyed to our mind through thought impressions and through visual images. And we see it on the little TV screen in our mind, or we hear it as thoughts and Many times we dismiss what we're hearing and seeing from the spiritual world. But that is oftentimes a revelation from God or angels, sometimes demons. And we perceive it when we're awake as a vision or the, or the God's voice. We perceive it when we're sleeping as a dream. Now, you have to understand, our physical body sleeps 
But our soul and our spirit don't have to sleep. They don't need to sleep. There's no purpose for it. Our physical body sleeps because it gets tired. Our spirit is always awake. So our spirit is always engaging the spiritual realm. When our physical body is asleep, our spirit is interacting with and going places and doing things that we're not consciously aware of. It's my belief, and this is just my belief, that many of the dreams that we have are actually spiritual interactions and spiritual revelation that our spirit is receiving. And it's passing it on and it's being filtered through our mind as these bizarre images. Many times dreams are actual messages directly from God in a coded symbolic language that we're supposed to figure out. There are many different types of dreams. Warning and correction are the most typical types of dreams that I think most people have. When you first get into your relationship with God, what he tries to do is he tries to get you on a certain path. And if you're not on the, uh, the right path, he's trying to steer you and direct you to get on the right path, the path that he's chosen for you. So in Genesis chapter 31, Jacob had a dream in which an angel told him how his father-in-law Laban had been cheating him over the years. The angel said to Jacob, hey, you know what? Leave Laban's land secretly. And then the angel warned Laban not to touch or hurt Jacob when he left. So this angel spoke to both Laban and Jacob and told them, look, this is God's plan. You guys need to split up, go your separate ways, and don't fight about it. In Genesis chapter 20, Abimelech was warned in a dream not to sleep with the wife of Abraham or else he would die. That's Genesis 20, verse 3. When Joseph was in prison in Egypt, was able to interpret people's dreams who were in the, in the prison with him. Two of his cellmates had dreams. One of them was promised freedom, and the other one was warned of his impending death. And this is in Genesis chapter 40, verse 5. Pharaoh was warned in a dream. He was warned of a coming famine, and there would be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. And he had the dream. He told it to Joseph. Joseph interpreted the dream and said, we're going to have seven years of plenty. Build storehouses, store up the food and the grain for seven years. There's going to be seven years of famine afterward. The food will get us all through if you do that. So that was God's way of showing Pharaoh and Joseph how to prevent lives from being destroyed by famine. When Mary became pregnant with Jesus, Joseph, being a Jew, was going to put her away. He was warned in a dream, don't put her away. Her pregnancy is a miracle of God. Stay married to her. God has a plan. And then, and this was told to him in a dream by an angel. Later on, an angel came to him and told him, Herod is trying to kill Jesus and all the babies in Israel. Go to Egypt and wait until you're given message to come back to Israel. So Joseph and Mary left. This is in Matthew 1 and 2. A couple of examples of how God gives us warning dreams. He'll let us know things are coming up ahead of time in these warning dreams. I've had many different warning dreams over my life. I have had dreams about women who were going to show up on Facebook who would send me a friend request. And they had less than honorable intentions for me. And God showed me their intentions in a dream. 
So I did not accept their friend request and I stayed out of the conversations. Some of my friends got involved in those conversations with these women and it turned into a mess. And I was able to stay out of it because God told me in a dream a couple of weeks ahead of time, this is what's going to happen. I have had so many dreams where God has warned me about trouble coming down the road. Dreams of warning are, are very common and you should pay attention to them. I had a very interesting dream six years ago when Denise and I moved to Arizona. We decided that we wanted to buy a house right after moving here. We rented an apartment for two months on a month-to-month lease because we knew we wanted to buy a house very quickly. We had some money saved up and we didn't want to rent. We just we wanted to buy a house. So we looked around, found this house, and I had just transferred from one operation from in my employer to another operation down here in Phoenix. And I didn't know this at the time, but unfortunately, I took a huge cut in pay when I moved down here. So there were some financial problems, and I ended up working a lot of overtime in order to make up for the lost pay. We went to buy a house, this house, and we talked to the banker, and we got the loan process going. Well, shortly after we started looking, Denise, my wife, and I both woke up in the morning from a dream. She woke up, looked at me, and said, wow, I had a crazy dream. And I said, I looked at her and said, yeah, me too. And she goes, what did you dream about? And I said, I was in, in an office in a title company signing papers to close on a home loan. And she looked at me and goes, are you kidding? And I was like, no, that's, that was my dream. She said, I had the exact same dream. I was in a title company office signing papers to close on a loan on a house. We had the exact same dream on the same night. Now, this dream would become important because over the next two months, as we went through the process of going through this home loan, it was a mess. At first, the loan officer thought everything's going to be fine. No worries. It went to underwriting and he thought everything was going to be okay. And then we had problems because my employer was messing around and wasn't reporting income the way they were supposed to. There were problems with the seller. There, were, there was problem after problem after problem. And we would think that we had resolved a problem. We'd get a call from the loan officer. He'd say, hey, everything seems to be straightened out. Everything's looking good. This is usually on Monday or Tuesday. Early in the week, we'd get a call where he said everything was good. We then would get a call on Thursday or Friday where the loan officer would say, okay, well, things are looking really bad. You guys better pray this weekend because it's not looking good. So we would pray over the weekend. And then on Monday or Tuesday, we'd get a call and he would say, okay, everything looks like it's going okay. And then by Friday, he would call us again and say, nope, things are looking really bad. At one point, we had to decide if we were going to continue in this home loan process or get out of it. If the loan didn't go through, we were going to lose our, um, our earnest money, our down payment. There was coming a point in the process where y- you have your money, your earnest money, and you have a point where you can get out of the contract and keep your money. But after a certain day, you lose your money if the home loan doesn't go through. And we are approaching that day. Denise was very stressed out. And she would come to me and say, oh, gosh, this is so stressful. I don't want to lose money. And I said, look, we had the dreams. We both had the dreams where we were signing the loan papers in the uh, title office. So let's just stay in this and let's pray and believe that God is going to make it work out. 
And in the end, it did work out. All the problems were resolved. We were able to close on the loan. It was right down to the wire. The The story is crazy how it all came about. But it came about because God wanted it to come about. He wanted to bless us with this house, which we really like. And he gave us a heads up months in advance through dreams where he told us, look, you're going to make it through this process. You're going to be signing the loan. Just hang in there and go through all this drama and know that it's going to work out. So we've, we've had some very interesting experiences uh, with our dreams. One of the things that God will do in a dream is he will actually appear to you in person in the dream and he'll communicate with you. Solomon had this happen. God visited Solomon in a dream, told him, Solomon, you can ask me for anything you want. What did Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for his enemies to be destroyed. He didn't ask for great wealth. He didn't ask for great power. He said, Lord, I need wisdom to rule over your people. So because Solomon asked for wisdom, God gave him wisdom greater than anyone else who ever lived. He wrote like 3,000 Proverbs. He's a very wise man. But he also received honor and riches and a promise of long life if he would obey God. Okay, so Solomon wakes up and realizes all of this happened in a dream. And the story of it is in 1 Kings uh, chapter 3, verses 5 through 15, if you want to read about it. I had a similar experience. I had a dream where, and many of you have heard this story before, where God appeared to me in a dream and told me, I want you to pray for the sick, for your patients, and when you do, I'll heal them. That was a significant dream for me where God was telling me, this is your calling. I want you to pray for people and I want you to heal them. So God will appear to you in a dream. It's usually referred to as a visitation. If uh, God the Father or Jesus visit you personally in a In what we call a dream, it's actually a visitation where God himself comes in the spiritual dimension and he visits you and has a conversation with you. God will give you strategies for victories in dreams. In the book of Judges, chapter 7, Gideon was going to war and God told Gideon, hey, go spy out on your your enemy and listen into their conversations and see what's happening. So he did, and as he listened in, he found out that one of his enemies had been given a dream where he saw a loaf of bread rolling down a hill and it smashed their tents, the enemy's tents. They interpreted that dream as a sign of defeat. So Gideon went back to his soldiers, told them of the dream, told them the interpretation, and they went and just routed the enemy. And that was all because God gave a dream to one of the enemy soldiers and they interpreted it as defeat. I've had many dreams where um, I've seen strategies for victory. God has given me strategies about selling books. After I published my first book, Divine Healing, Made Simple, for the next three or four months, all of my dreams were about marketing and promotion. The Holy Spirit was teaching me how to market and promote my books. He was teaching me about putting some books on sale on Kindle, giving some books away on Kindle for free, how to reach different audiences on different platforms. God is very interested in giving us strategies for victory concerning the things that he has called us to do. He'll give you strategies if you ask for them, and he'll give them to you in dreams. Both the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul 
were given assignments from God. And while Paul's was given in a vision, Peter's was given in a trance, which is like a vision. But it's where you enter into the spiritual realm and you're seeing things in the spirit. Paul saw a man in Macedonia who was praying and God told him, I want you to go there and I want you to share the gospel with him. Peter had a series of visions. He was in a trance. And this is in uh, Acts chapter 10, where God showed Peter symbolically the unclean animals on the sheet and it was coming down and going up into heaven. And God was showing him that the gospel is not just for Jews, it's also for Gentiles. And Peter was arguing with God about this revelation. Peter was like, not so, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean. And God kind of rebuked him and showed him the vision again. And Peter was like, not so, Lord. (laughs) Peter didn't quite get the revelation. He didn't understand what was going on. So God had to show it to him three times. Many times God gives us revelation that is symbolic because our natural mind is going to argue against it. And he's trying to lead us and give us direction. And he does it symbolically so that we will think about it, meditate on it, and, and, and ask ourselves, am I understanding this correctly or do I have the wrong picture? God can give us direction through dreams and visions. Most of the dreams and visions that people have are symbolic. Some people do have literal dreams. I have a lot of literal dreams. And that's because God has given me a particular calling that requires me to understand things from a literal perspective. And that generally involves the realm of healthcare and politics. Um, as many of you know, I've been having a lot of dreams about the president. Many of you have been having dreams about the president. And that is an example of how God is trying to teach us something through these dreams. The people that I know who have had dreams about the president, generally speaking, what God is showing them is something about the president that they don't know. That you can't see it in the natural. You're not going to see it on CNN. You're not going to hear it on Fox. God shows people in dreams things about the president that he wants them to understand. Part of his nature, his character, uh, his heart, the things that you can't see on the outside because God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart, not the external. And then he shows us in dreams what is going on inside a person's heart, in their mind. I, I find the dreams about that people have had about the president to be fascinating. I'm very interested in them. And I pay close attention to them because God is showing us what he is doing and what we need to know about people like the president through dreams. Part of the reason why God reveals things to us in dreams is because throughout the day, many times we're distracted. Our mind is focused on other things. We are listening to podcasts. We are on Facebook We're on Periscope, on Twitter, we're listening to music, Netflix, watching movies. We're distracted. Our mind is on things that are going on in the natural world. When you go to sleep, your body is at rest and there are fewer distractions. When you are sleeping, God can have your full attention. So I I told God years ago, I said, look, when I'm sleeping, I'm going to give you my nighttime. (laughs) During the daytime, I'll be on the computer and I will be on Twitter and Facebook doing all my stuff. But at night, Lord, my nights, I commit to you. You can speak to me in any way you want. You have my full attention, undivided attention, because I don't very often get on Facebook when I'm sleeping. Not that I'm aware of anyway. Uh, Although I do have a lot of Facebook dreams. I did years ago when my only social media platform was Facebook. 
had a lot of Facebook dreams. Dreams where I was being shown people I should connect with, issues and problems that people had where God wanted me to come alongside somebody and help them, pray for them, give them a word of encouragement. I'm having a lot more dreams now about Periscope and Twitter because the world of politics and government has heated up and I'm much more engaged now on Periscope and Twitter. And so God is speaking to me about people on Twitter and Periscope like Adam Gingrich, like Zero Hour, like all these different people that I know in the realm of politics and current events. God's giving me dreams about them, dreams about what they're supposed to be doing. Now, most of the dreams that you have pertain to your life. Generally, when you have a dream about or another person is a prominent figure in the dream, it's not actually a dream about that person. It is a dream that is personal for you and that person is being used symbolically to represent something, a message for you. So I've had a lot of dreams where various healing evangelists have shown up in my dreams. I had a dream, oh gosh, this is one of the most embarrassing ones. I had a dream where Stacy Campbell showed up in a dream and she was looking at me and she was walking around me in a circle and she was analyzing me. And for those of you who don't know who Stacy Campbell is, she's a very gifted prophetic teacher. She understands prophecy, hears God's voice really well, has written books and teaches on prophecy. I know that about her. That's her ministry. So she's looking at me and then she says, you have the gift. Are you using it? And see, I knew that that dream, when I had it, wasn't about Stacy Campbell. It's about me. And Stacy was challenging me to use my prophetic gift. She's a leader. She operates in prophecy. And she was challenging me to use my gift. Um, I've had dreams where Bill Johnson showed up in the dream. We were doing things, and I've had dreams where Dutch Sheets was in the dream. And Dutch and I were doing different things together. And I've had dreams with Luis Palau and all these different uh, religious spiritual leaders. Those dreams were not intended for me to connect with those people personally. It wasn't like, hey, I have a message for you. Hey, we have to talk on the phone. Hey, I'm going to fly to L.A. and go talk to this person. It's not what those dreams are about. When you have a dream about someone famous that you know, typically what God is telling you is you have a calling and a gifting something he wants you to do that is similar to what that person is known for. So Dutch Sheets is a prophetic and apostolic leader. And I knew from the dream that I had with Dutch Sheets that God was calling me to do things similar to what Dutch Sheets does. Same with Bill Johnson. Same with Patricia King and all these other people. Now, this is early on. This is when I was first learning about dreams, first learning about prophecy and healing and different types of ministry. God was training me and showing me through these dreams with these other leaders. He was showing me, I want you to do some of the things that they're doing. You have a similar calling. The audience you speak to won't be as big, probably. You won't do it exactly the way they do it. But some aspect of what that leader is doing is being shown to you to let you know that God wants you to do something like what they're doing. Some people, because of their calling and what God is doing with them, they will have dreams that pertain to other people's lives. Some of you know who Bob Jones is. 
Bob Jones, in a sense, when he was still alive, was God's tow truck. That's kind of how God explained it to me. He said, Bob Jones is my tow truck. Whenever there is a leader in the church who is stuck, who doesn't know where he's supposed to be going, who is struggling with a problem, he's stuck in the ditch, and he's not moving where I want him to move, I will give Bob Jones a dream about that person. And then Bob Jones will go and talk to them and tell them, look, this is what God wants you to do. This is the problem. Here's the solution. Get going. Just get moving along. I heard that. I understood that about Bob. And I asked God, hey, that's kind of a cool calling. Could I do the same thing? And he said, yes, you can. So God has given me a calling similar to what he has used Bob Jones for. And that is, I often get dreams about other people and their problems. When I get a dream about somebody else, many times it is God's perspective about the problem they're struggling with. And I will message them, call them, whatever, and say, hey, so I had this dream. (laughs) And this is what I saw in the dream. And it seems like maybe this is something God wants you to pay attention to or a problem that you have some solution to something. Without fail, everybody that I have ever contacted about a dream that God showed me something about their life, every one of them has said, wow, that is really interesting because that really well describes the situation I'm in right now. For some people, the dreams that they have about other people are actually about those people. If that is your calling, if God has called you to do that, to be a messenger for other people, you'll have dreams and other people will be in the dreams and the dream is actually about that person. There aren't a lot of people that have that type of calling. When you have a dream and a famous person shows up in the dream, generally speaking, God is saying, you have a calling similar to theirs. Most dreams are symbolic. Most of the dreams people have are symbolic. Um, There are a lot of different types of symbols that are used in dreams. You had a dream of Sean Boltz and Danny Silk. There you go. And what are Danny Silk and Sean Boltz known for? Sean Boltz is a prophetic teacher. Danny Silk really talks about relationships and teaches on relationships. So if you have a dream with one of those leaders in it, or both of them, God is telling you, he is calling you to kind of follow in their footsteps. That's what that's about. So dreams come from three different sources. Some dreams come from our soul. Some dreams, I would say most dreams come from God. And occasionally you'll have a dream from a demon or a fallen angel. I used to have quite a few dreams that were demonic. I don't have them anymore, not hardly ever, but I used to have them years ago. And I started to, you know, once I realized that these were just dreams from the enemy trying to discourage me, trying to guilt me and shame me and make me feel bad. When I realized that the enemy was trying to attack and discourage me in these dreams, I kind of fought back against them. I didn't pay attention to those dreams. I rebuked them and I stopped receiving and pondering the revelation. And I just told God, hey, I want more of your dreams. Those dark, condemning, pornographic dreams stopped. And now almost all the dreams I have are from God. I think the dreams that most people have are mostly from God. You'll have some dreams that might be from your soul. How do you tell the difference? Dreams from demons, demonic dreams, tend to be dark. The people in them are dark. The colors are dark or sickly. You often have feelings of fear, guilt, shame, sadness, 
or some negative emotion is prevalent in the dream. If you're feeling guilt and shame in a dream, there's a very good likelihood that that's a demonic dream because God does not put guilt and shame on us. That's not his nature. I've had dreams like that where I felt really guilty or really shamed or really insignificant. And I've learned that those dreams are generally from the enemy. The enemy's trying to get inside my mind and, and psych me out. When you realize that's what the enemy's doing, you can kind of cut it off and just don't worry about it. And I, I ignore those dreams. And if you ignore the sometimes just ignoring the enemy will make him go away. He'll go harass somebody else if it's not working. You may hear demonic voices in a dream. I've heard that. There are keys that will let you know that a dream is demonic in origin versus a dream from God. Now, dreams from the soul tend to be those odd dreams that really don't seem to have a point. They are kind of random. They're not very inspiring. You don't generally have a strong negative or positive emotion in a soul dream. They aren't terribly symbolic. They're not really worth paying attention to. Many times when you have a dream from God, you'll have a significant emotion that you can feel in the dream. A really good example is if you are at a funeral in a dream, and let's say your mother died, or your sister died, or your husband died, and you're at the funeral, and instead of weeping and being sad and discouraged, you have a sense of joy and peace. If you have an emotion in a dream that is positive, and it is different from the emotion you would normally have in the natural, that is a very good key that that is a dream from God. And just to let you know, most of the dreams that you have where somebody has died and you're at a funeral, it's not a literal dream. It's a symbolic dream. Death in dreams often represents a death to the old way of living and a rebirth into a new way of living. Every once in a while, a, a dream about death will be literal. It's rare. Most of the time, a dream about death is symbolic. I've had them. Denise has had them. It typically is just God is letting you know, symbolically, that this person is going to undergo some transformation. Years ago, I had a dream where I was friends with this old man. We did everything together. We hung out together. We knew each other really well. One day, I decided I had to kill him. So I got some poison, and I poisoned him, and I killed him. And after I did it, I had, it's a little difficult to describe the emotions, but I had a little bit of a faint sense of remorse. But I knew in my mind I had to kill him. It was the right thing to do. And then that emotion quickly changed over to I had peace. Very soon after I killed him, I had a great sense of peace about it. Now, what is significant about that dream is if you were to kill somebody, you would not normally have peace afterward. You would have guilt, worry, fear. I didn't have any of that. I had peace. What does that tell you? It's not a literal dream about literally killing somebody. It's a symbolic dream. And I was praying about this dream. And then I ran across a scripture verse. The Apostle Paul said, speaking of our old way of life, he said, reckon the old man to be dead. He was speaking metaphorically about putting to death your old man, the old man is your old way of thinking, your old way of living. He was telling us to walk in the newness of life. So it's it's a metaphor. <laughs> and most dreams are metaphorical. So all the dream was telling me is 
that it's better for me to crucify or kill my old way of living and thinking and live in the newness of life, the new life that God's given me. Really classic symbolic dream. You first have the dream and think, what is that all about? And then you start looking through the scriptures and looking at the symbolic images. Many times an interpretation of a complex dream can be given in just a few words. Reckon the old man to be dead. That was the interpretation of that dream. One of the things that we need to understand about dreams is that we all have a unique dream language. It can be difficult to interpret someone else's dream because you don't necessarily know their dream language. Now, when Joyce Prophet Smith is doing dream interpretation on Facebook, she will ask a person about the dream. What does this mean to you? What does this person represent to you? What does computers mean in your life? What relevance does this car have? Joyce will go through and she'll ask the person, what does this mean to you? Because we all have different dream language. God speaks to you and me in different symbols. So let me give you an example. When I was working on the ambulance, most of my dreams were about the ambulance, hospitals, nursing homes. It has a relevance to me because that's my life. To you, an ambulance might mean one thing. To me, it means something else. An ambulance is my office. It's where I work. An EKG monitor or a hospital, different things. They have a different meaning to each person. My wife has been a graphic designer for 20 years. She is an artist. She has a lot of dreams about computers, computer programs, image files, and painting on canvases. All of those subjects mean something to her, but they don't mean the same thing to me. She's an artist. So God gives, speaks to her in her own unique dream language. My daughter, when she was in high school, she was on swim team. 90% of her dreams took place in a swimming pool. And there were different things happening in the pool. But the setting was always a swimming pool. Now, if you're not a swimmer, you don't really understand what a swimming pool has as far as spiritual revelation. But it meant a lot to my daughter because that was her lifestyle at the time. As you go through different times and seasons in your life, different things will become more or less important to you. And that's the kind of language God will use to speak to you in your dreams. So it can be difficult for someone else to interpret your dreams because they don't know what your dream language is. And that's why Joyce, when she's interpreting dreams, she goes and asks people, what does this mean to you? What is the relevance of this object? Have you ever lived in this house? Okay, Because if you don't go down and figure out what those things mean, you can't interpret the dream. The names of people and places in dreams is highly significant. I have been able to interpret dreams just by interpreting the name. A person shows up in a dream. They have a name. I know what their name is. I don't know much about that person other than I know what their name is. And they'll be doing something. And I'll go and I'll look up the meaning of their name and the origin of it. And when I, inevitably, when I understand what the name means, boom, I get the interpretation because something in my life is happening at that time that has to do with that subject. And many times, if you just interpret and get the origin of the meaning of the name, it'll unravel the whole dream for you and you'll understand it perfectly. If you have a dream and you're going to a town that you've never been to before, look up the name of that town and look up what it means. Let me give you an example. I had a dream a couple of years ago where I was looking online for a conference 
in Corpus Christi, Texas. It was, I was supposed to go to a prophetic conference. I was going to learn to prophesy and learn about words of knowledge and all that stuff. And I'm looking and looking for a conference in Corpus Christi. I was new to dreams and I didn't know that much about literal and symbolic. So for about three or four days, I'm on the internet and I'm looking for prophetic conferences in Corpus Christi or anywhere near Corpus Christi, Texas. And then, and then one day I was just sitting there at the computer and the Holy Spirit said, why do you think this is a literal dream? And I was like, what do you mean? Is it symbolic? And then it dawned on me. What does the name Corpus Christi mean? It's Latin. It means the body of Christ. And I was like, oh, 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 I get it. I get it. You're talking about the body of Christ, not the city, but the church. And it was a dream where God was showing me he wanted me to be involved in prophetic ministry among people in the body of Christ. So it was a symbolic dream. I didn't get it until I understood the name of the city. So when a city or a person shows up in a dream, the first thing you should do is look up what that name means, the origin of it. And if there are multiple people, look up their names, look up what they mean. It'll give you a really good clue and insight into what that dream is talking about. Numbers and colors, same thing. Numbers and colors have symbolic meanings. Color like a white, for example, oftentimes represents something that is pure, something that is clean, or something that is heavenly. So if you're driving a white truck in a dream versus a green truck or a yellow truck, you're just driving a white truck, the color of the vehicle you're driving can be a significant point of information to tell you what it is you're doing. If you go to a white house and you're wearing a white suit, white in that dream is a significant color. You need to go and look up that color and find out what does that mean symbolically. A friend of mine had a dream a couple weeks ago and Donald Trump was in the dream and he was walking with Secret Service agents toward the presidential limousine. Just before getting in the limousine, he stopped and he turned and he went in a different direction. And my friend noticed when he, as soon as he went in a different direction, he was wearing a white suit. Now, knowing what we know about the last couple of days of what's happening in the, in the political realm, the president suddenly made a change of course and he was wearing a white suit. In the natural, what the president has just done in the last three or four days has had a lot of people shocked, dismayed, and awed by what he's doing. Totally unexpected. And in this dream that my friend had about two weeks ago, that's what he saw. He saw the president being followed by his entourage, going into the presidential limo, and then boom, he decided to go in a different direction, and everybody was mystified. But he's wearing a white suit. Okay, that dream that he had, I think, is portraying a sudden change that the president sprung on people that is freaking them out. The fact that he's wearing a white suit tells us that his change of mind came with a change of character, and it's, it's a heavenly revelation. It's a divine direction that what the president is doing is not disastrous. It's actually God's plan. Colors are important. Look up colors. Find out what they mean. Numbers are important. When numbers appear in dreams, look them up. They all have symbolic uh, meaning. The number 12 is a good example. 12, one of the meanings of the number 12 is God's government. Jesus chose 12 disciples. There's 12 tribes of Israel. 
look through the scriptures and you see the number 12, and it often has significance in God's government. You'd be surprised at how often numbers, certain numbers appear repeatedly in the scriptures. Number seven is said to represent divine perfection. Number six is the number of man. It actually says that in the Bible. So when you see numbers in your dreams, look them up. It'll give you some idea about what the, what the dream is saying. Sometimes you'll be waking up at the same time every night or in the morning. You'll, look at, you'll wake up at the same time in the morning and you'll look at the clock and go, wow, what does 420 mean? I keep waking up at exactly 420. I always look at the clock and it says 420. What does that mean? No, it does not mean it's time to get high. There's something else that it means. That actually happened to me. I was at a point in my life about five years ago where I had been sharing the testimonies of what God was doing in the ambulance. I was seeing people healed and I was coming under some pushback. I was getting a little bit of harassment, a little bit of persecution. At that time, I started waking up at 4.20 every morning. Boom, wide awake. I look at the clock, 4.20. This happened like four days in a row. I woke up at 4.20, exactly. So I finally said, okay, Lord, what are you telling me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Would you please let me know what's going on? So finally, I heard the Holy Spirit say, book of Acts. And I was like, okay, I'll look it up. This is what is recorded in the book of Acts in chapter four, verse 20. And I'm going to read verses 19 and 20 and give you a little history. So the apostle Peter and the apostle John were teaching about Jesus and they were healing the sick and they were raising the dead and doing miracles. Now the Jews, the Jewish leaders, the scribes and Pharisees in the Sanhedrin, they were getting pretty angry about this. They did not like these guys teaching about Jesus and they had them beaten and they sternly warned them, don't ever teach again in the name of Jesus. This is, was their response. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things that we have seen and heard. So at a time when I was getting pushback about what I was teaching, about the miracles that I was seeing God do in my own personal life, God gives me, wakes me up at 4.20 in the morning to have me go to a Bible verse that says, we cannot but speak the things that we've seen and heard. So God was saying, keep speaking, keep writing, keep teaching people what you are going through because the haters don't matter. Just You just got to keep doing it. God can give you dreams about many different things. He can give you dreams about anything. Sometimes people get dreams about financial blessing, your financial situation, financial hardship, relationship problems travel problems. Let me give you a couple of examples. My son recently has been getting dreams where he's looking at my financial reports. He's looking at my bank account. He's looking at money I have invested and he can see exactly how much money is in my account. He's had two or three dreams that illustrate my financial situation. Not now, but in the future. My son happens to be a financial planner. I have had revelation about him and his girlfriend before I first met her. The night before my son and his girlfriend came down to visit me for the first time. God gave me a dream about her and showed me some things about her relationship with him. Private stuff. No one needs to know about it. God will give you information about travel problems. I have had dreams where I saw ahead of time that a flight was going to be delayed or we were going to have problems getting from one city to another. Made alternate plans. You will get dreams about problems at work, problems with coworkers, problems with people at church. 
God will warn you and give you a heads up on relationship problems so that you can resolve them in a way that is not going to cause any damage to people. Vehicles are extremely important in dreams. Bicycles, cars, trucks, boats, airplanes, spaceships. I've had dreams where I was piloting a spaceship. If you're in a vehicle, pay close attention to that dream. Vehicles tend to represent, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that people explain what a vehicle represents in a dream. But for me, essentially what a vehicle represents when you're in a vehicle, it represents your spiritual mode of travel at the current time or in the past or in the future, depending on the vehicle. Some people say your vehicle represents your ministry. That's probably true. There are some specific things that you can learn about your life, your calling, your gifting, your ministry through looking at the vehicles in your dreams. But generally, the condition of the vehicle speaks about how you're operating spiritually. And this is what I mean. If you're in a car and you're driving down the road and you find out that your car has no brakes and you are just flying through one intersection after another, barely missing collisions with people because you're in a car that doesn't have brakes, that is telling you something, not about your ministry. It's telling you about how you are operating personally. Okay, what, think about what, what the brakes do on a car. When you apply the brakes, the car comes to a stop. You're telling the car, stop going. No, we're not going through this intersection. We're stopping. Take that and use it metaphorically. In your personal life, what would that represent? It would represent the ability to say no to people. If you have trouble telling people no because you think they're not going to like you, because they think they're going to resent you, It's going to destroy your relationship if you tell them no. You may have a dream where you're driving a car that doesn't have brakes. And God is telling you, you're out of control. You can't stop where you're going because you can't say no. Having a dream where you're in a car that the steering wheel doesn't work. No matter how you work the steering wheel, the car just won't respond to where you're going. You You want the car to go left and the steering wheel doesn't work. You just turn it around and you just keep going straight. What does that symbolize? It symbolizes a lack of control and direction. You're not controlling the direction of your car. So what would that mean personally? It might mean that you have a hard time getting your life to go in the direction that you want it to because you're not in control of your life. Other people are. If you have relationships where you're in codependency, where other people are controlling and manipulating you and you can't get control of your life, You might have a dream where your steering wheel doesn't work or where somebody else is driving your car and you're trying to tell them where you want to go and they're taking you somewhere else. You may have a dream where you're not even in the driver's seat. Somebody else is in the driver's seat. That dream could represent the idea that someone else is controlling your life. So when you have dreams and you're in a vehicle, take note of the vehicle and how it's operating. Because God is telling you something about your life that you need to know. And if you fix that, if you take control of your life, if you start setting boundaries, if you start telling people no when it's not healthy, your dreams will change. When you start to set boundaries, when you start to take control, you'll be driving a car where the steering wheel responds. You'll drive a car where the brakes work normally. 
as your life changes, those dreams are going to change. They will show you the changes that you're going through. One of the most common dreams people have is a dream where they're in a house. And a house generally, not always, represents something about your life, the condition of your life. So if you have a dream about a house, what is going on inside the house, the condition of the house, is usually representing something about your life. If you're in a broken down shack, what God is showing you is you're currently living in a life that is less than what God wants for you. He wants you to have a better life. He wants to upgrade the shack into a beautiful house that you can live in. First floor of the house tends to represent the current state of your life and what's going on. The backyard of your house, most people, when they look at your house, can't see your backyard because it's behind the house. The backyard can represent things that happened in the past or or your subconscious, things that people can't see. So I had a friend who had a dream a couple years ago, and it was a time when we were all focusing on emotional healing. This friend had a dream where he was gathering up rubbish and broken down limbs and things from his backyard. He put them in a pile and then he had a bonfire in his backyard. Average person would say, well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, if you understand that the backyard sometimes talks about your past or the things in your life that are hidden, what God was telling this friend of mine is, you have things from your past that you need to get rid of. You're holding on to garbage from your past that is wounding you. You need to let it be burned away by the power of God. And he and I and a bunch of us went through emotional healing where Jesus came and he has dealt with emotional trauma and wounds and negative emotions from our past. But that type of thing is illustrated many times through dreams. I had a dream a couple of years ago where I met another version of me. There was two versions of me in the dream. One was an introvert. One was an extrovert. The introvert was hiding in a cave, didn't want to be around people. He was antisocial. And this was at a time when a bunch of us were going through emotional healing. I knew that that was indicating that I had a fractured part of my soul that needed to be healed. So I went through the emotional healing process and Jesus came and took that wounded part of my soul, healed him of his emotional trauma and pain, and then took that part of my my soul into heaven. I actually saw all this in a series of visions while this friend of mine was taking me through emotional healing. In dreams, God will reveal to you secret things that you don't know about. A basement in a house often represents, again, things you can't see a basement from the yard. When you're outside somebody's house, you can't see their basement. Basement in a house often represents, again, things that are hidden, things that are unseen, your your subconscious or your past. And if you see things are going on in the basement of your house, it typically represents God is trying to talk to you about something from your past or something that you have been been keeping hidden from other people, hidden from public view. Upper floors in your house, when you go toward God, you're going up into the heavens. When you are in a house and you're going toward the upper floors of a house, God is typically talking to you about your spiritual life your relationship with him, things that are going on in the heavenly realms. So if there are strange things going on on the second or third floor of your house, 
God's talking about the realms of heaven, symbolically, and it's going on in your house. It's in your life, because your house represents your life. So that's just a quick overview of some of the ways in which God is trying to show you things about your life that he wants to change by showing you conditions in a house. Let me say one more thing about houses. And this is also true for vehicles. God can show you things about your past, your present, and your future through houses and vehicles that you have already owned or that you're living in now. I have had dreams where I was driving a car that I actually owned years ago. And the people that I was with in the dream were people that I knew years ago. What God is generally doing when he gives you a dream and you are driving a car that you actually owned or you're with people that you actually knew at the time, God is speaking to you about some events that happened at that time of your life. I've had dreams where I was in a house that I lived in when I was a kid. And in the dream, I was with my children. And in that dream, God was talking to me about some childhood trauma that happened to me when I was living in that house. So the house that you're, li- that you're in, in a dream, if you actually lived in it, many times what God is talking to you about is something that happened at that time. It could be some unresolved issues of forgiveness, emotional wounds that happened at that time. If the car that you're driving in a dream is the car you currently own, the actual car you own, or the house that you're living in in a dream is the actual house that you're in, God is talking to you about your present situation. If you're in a car or a house that you've never owned, many times, not all the time, but many times, he is talking to you about your future. He's talking to you about a potential situation, a possibility in the future. He's trying to illustrate something that may be happening or may be coming down the road. So pay attention to the vehicles, the vehicles and the houses in your dreams, because God will be, t- will be talking to you about different parts of your life in different time periods. And you can discern which one he's talking about by looking at those. If you're riding a bicycle in a dream, what does riding a bicycle represent? It is a vehicle that is powered by your own strength. If you are in a airplane that is jet powered and it's very fast, that vehicle compared to a bicycle has greater power. It's not powered by human power. It is powered by the power of God symbolically. So if you're having a dream that has a vehicle in it, think about the type of power that the vehicle has. Jets, spaceships, things of that nature have much more power than bicycles or rowboats. Anything that's human powered, what God is showing you is you're doing something in your own power, not in the power of God. You want to, if you get to have a dream like that, you have to realize God is telling you, hey, you're operating in your own strength. You're not operating in my strength. Let's change it up and let's operate in my strength and my power. And then your dreams will change and you'll start seeing yourself in jets and more powerful vehicles. One of the things I recommend is journaling your dreams. Write your dreams down. As soon as you have a dream, as soon as you wake up, write that dream down. Don't process it and don't think about it. Don't get up and get a cup of coffee. 
write it down before you get out of bed. Just write it down, write down the date, write the dream down. As you start to journal your dreams and as you start to focus on them more, think about them more, you'll begin to understand them. You'll start to get the interpretation. And as you steward that revelation faithfully, God will give you more. God gives people more when they are faithful with what he's already given them. If you are not paying attention to your dreams, if you're totally ignoring them, you're not going to have a lot of dreams. But if you start to focus on them and journal them and pray into them and ask God to give you understanding, he's going to give you more dreams. The revelation that you receive from God is like a river. It's going someplace and it's trying to take you with it. The direction and the revelation that God gives you in a dream is intended to show you your divine destiny, the path that he wants you to follow. If you follow your dreams, if you understand them, you'll understand where your life is supposed to be going. I look at my dreams about every three months. I take a big picture view and I look at the dreams I've had over the last three to six months to get a gauge, a feel for where is all of this going? Because many times your dreams can seem unrelated. But a lot of times if you look at them over a six-month period or maybe a year, you'll see a pattern, you'll see a trend, and you'll realize then, oh, wow, I had forgotten about this dream, forgot about that dream, didn't remember this one. And if you put them all together, many times you'll get a very clear picture of where God wants you to go. One of the important things about journaling your dreams is you keep a record of them and you can look back at them and see the direction that the, the dreams are pointing. If you follow those dreams, you'll find yourself walking more closely on the path that God has designed for you. Dreams are tools that God has given us to help us understand our life, to help us understand who we're supposed to be connected to, the people we're supposed to have relationships with, what we're supposed to be doing. If you take your dreams seriously, you will see a completely different perspective on your life. You'll get a different perspective on God. You'll get a different perspective on the world. If you start taking your dreams seriously and asking God to give you revelation and understanding about what they mean. The question I would have for you is, are you ready for God to make your dreams come true? I hope you are because he wants you to understand his will for your life. He wants you to understand why you were created, what your purpose is here on earth. And on that note, I am going to get going. I love you all. You're amazing. Thanks for tuning in. And I will catch you on the next video. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.